Welcome to Sex Spoken Here with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I am a sex coach and relationship psychologist and created this show to help you solve any sexual problems, learn about all things sexy, sensual, and intimate, and create your ideal lasting relationship. In my virtual therapy room, I answer questions, interview experts, and provide tips that you can use straight away. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create a problem-free, exciting sex life. Make sure you join us to be up to date on all events and to easily access coaching at www.the-intimacy-coach.com. Welcome to my virtual therapy room. I'm Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and this is Sex Spoken Here. Remember, this podcast deals with adult themes, so if you don't have privacy, you might wish to put on some headphones. Today, I'm going to talk a bit about two fantasies that describe a fairy tale relationship, which often get in the way of us finding the relationship or relationships that will actually excuse me, bring us joy. And the first one is someday my prince or princess will come. We get this in fairy tales. We learn this in the media. It's a story that is played out over and over and over in the media and continues to be played out to the present day. And the other one is, and they all lived happily ever after. Again, that's one that comes from fairy tales, but also from the media, um, and is still one of the better story endings, and will get people to come to a movie so quickly, and will make a movie successful, if in the end there is a happy ending. Now, Many of us were raised with these fantasies and believed that happiness is connected to finding the one who completes us. And many still believe this. The cultural conditioning runs extremely deep. So much so that even people who make alternative life choices can find themselves dreaming about living happily ever after or meeting that one person, that soulmate who's just gonna solve all the problems and make everything perfect again. Unfortunately, these fantasies cause more pain than they do pleasure. So let's start with the idea of living happily ever after. The story goes that we work really hard to find that right person and we overcome obstacles to be together. And sometimes they're really big obstacles and sometimes they're just sort of daily life obstacles. But finally we reach this goal and then we get to live happily ever after. It's the end of the movie. The problems with this fairy tale are legion. Life is not static. People do not get to a place where they're happy in a relationship and then remain there without any work or without any issues occurring forever. Things change. 
Our relationships will go through changes as we age, if we have children, when jobs change, when finances change. And the hope is, is that we grow both emotionally and spiritually. If we believe that sustained happiness is the goal, then we are bound to fail. Because there's no such thing as stasis. This leads to dissatisfaction first, and it can lead to relationship breakdown and then further even to depression. Happiness is an emotional state that's based on external factors, factors outside of ourselves. It's future-based instead of present-based. As a result, we have no control over this feeling. Someone else or something that happens is the cause of our feeling happy. We have no agency when we are trying to find happiness. Now, for those of you who are unaware, agency is our ability to act and or to exert power. When we have agency, we're able to create changes internally, but we're also able to create changes in the world around us. It's having agency that empowers us. Unlike happiness, joy is an emotional state that's internally based. Joy can come in moments or it can be more stable, but most people tend to speak about joy happening in moments. And we can even find joy when external circumstances are tough. Joy is often seen as the more spiritual quality. I remember waking up full of joy during a period where I was struggling. I took joy in the nature around me. And for me, joy and gratitude often go together. Many people, though, are so caught up in the drama of their lives and in reaching for that happily ever after that they fail to take joy in all that they have and all that they are each day. So joy is an emotion that one experiences in the present. When you're being mindful, when you're being um, present, that is when you are most aware of joy. So you can see that if you're focusing on living happily ever after and you're focusing on the future, you will miss those moments of joy because your focus will be too far down the road for that thing that you're reaching for. And you'll miss what you have during the present time. Someday my prince or princess will come and he, she, they will be the one that completes me. Now this actually originally comes from Plato in his writing, this, the symposium. His character Aristophanes proclaims, according to Greek mythology, humans were originally created with four arms, four legs, a head with two faces. Fearing their power, Zeus split them into two separate parts condemning them to spend their lives in search of their other halves. Love is the name for our pursuit of wholeness, for our desire to be complete. Love is born into every human being. It calls back the halves of our original true nature together. It tries to make one out of two and heal the wound of human nature. Each of us then is a matching half of a human whole, and each of us is always seeking the half that matches him. Aristophanes goes on to say, when a person meets the half that is his very own, 
whatever his orientation, whether it is to young men or not, he exclaims, sometimes something wonderful happens. The two are struck from their senses by love, by a sense of belonging to one another and by desire. And they don't want to be separated from one another, not even for a moment. These are people who finish out their lives together and still cannot say what it is they want from one another. These are huge expectations. Even Plato felt they were bound to fail. And a lot of this was written with a considerable amount of sarcasm. So this idea that one person is responsible for making me feel whole and complete and giving me my happiness and, and um, resolving any issues I might have in my life is a huge, huge expectation to place on someone else. I am already complete by myself. I need no one to complete me. I don't have a better half or an other half. I'm already whole. So when I'm in a relationship with someone, I'm looking for two whole people to join together. Now, if that relationship ends, though that, I, though that may be incredibly sad and I may grieve a great deal, I am still the whole person that entered into the relationship. I'm not broken. I'm not reduced to being a half a person. Believing that you need someone else to complete you denies you your full potential. You're handing over your power to the mythical perfect partner. Again, you're giving away your agency and waiting for someone to bring you happiness, to give you happiness, to cause you to feel happy. When you need someone else in order to feel productive, to feel good, to feel confident, to have self-esteem, you are setting yourself up for ultimate unhappiness and loss. Being dependent upon someone else for your good feelings and in order to feel good about yourself is a sure road to relationship failure and can also lead to a loss of overall confidence and long-term depression. If the relationship ends, you return to that earlier state. And as I said earlier, we see half a person and half a person is a broken person. Expecting someone to complete you, to be that one person who can create your happiness is giving someone far too much responsibility. This builds a codependent relationship, which is not the healthy basis for a relationship. Codependency in a relationship is marked by an excessive need for the other person, problems with boundaries, problems with intimacy, and imbalance in power, which often leads to controlling behavior and high levels of drama. Instead of a codependent relationship, what we should be seeking is an interdependent relationship. Now in this type of relationship, individuals are whole and emotionally healthy. Partners rely upon each other and they support each other. And each party is deeply involved in the relationship. But what they don't do is sacrifice themselves for the other 
or compromise their own core values. Now, ideally, if you're going to have a life partnership with somebody, you choose somebody who also shares your core values. If we're not looking for someone to complete us, we recognize that we can have relationships with more than one person. For some people, this means multiple romantic relationships. For other people, this means intimate friendships that complement one romantic partner, close family relationships. So I'm not necessarily talking about non-monogamy here, but the idea that we can have many people who meet our needs, many people who uh, share our goals and values, many people who are there to support us in a very deep way. So we gain more support and we gain more variety and we also then have a richer life. Holding on to the myths of the one who completes us and happily ever after prevents us from experiencing joy on a daily basis and often from satisfying love relationships throughout our lives because this entices us to keep looking forward and keep looking forward and keep looking forward instead of being able to be present in the now. These myths add to a fear of missing out, that famous FOMO. As we believe, we must keep searching because somewhere there's that one soulmate on the horizon. And when we finally meet that person, we will truly live happily ever after. It stops us from focusing on our own growth and developing our own strengths as we're looking to an other to rescue us and provide us with happiness, self-esteem, and ultimately satisfaction. If we are able to walk away from these myths, we can create relationships that will enrich our lives. We can become more present in our relationships and our lives and experience the multitude of joy that is available to us each and every day. We can rejoice in being whole and connecting with another whole human being and choosing to walk a path of life together, present with each other through the whole gamut of human experience. The differences are quite large. It is the difference between sharing um, and collaborating and feeling as though you are in need of someone else, as though you are somehow um, helpless uh, to be able to create happiness in your own life and to be able to create the relationships that actually feed you. Jennifer um, wrote to me about the idea of finding one's soulmate and asked whether I believed that there was truly one particular person for everybody um, and that finding the soulmate was important because growth would be far more intense and um, we would fulfill our tr true purposes in life only if we actually connected to 
um, the other half of our soul, who's our soulmate out in the world. So Jennifer, I know that there are quite a few people who hold this view of the world and who believe this view of the world um, is accurate. Um, I'm not one of them. Uh, I believe that we have the possibility of amazing, incredible, deep, intimate relationships with more than one person in our lifetimes. And that um, there isn't a particular person that we were, or a particular soul that we were sent to look for in this life, that if we don't connect with, we will um, have, in a sense, failed in the relationship arena. Um, it's my belief that, in fact, um, there are many people who are soulmates and that some of them are to be in our lives only for a short time, um, perhaps to help us learn a lesson or perhaps to support us through or for us to support them through a particular time period or to experience a particular time in life. Like, for example, um, <clears throat> someone you meet um, as a teenager um, might be there for you to, to enjoy uh, sexual newness and romantic newness together. Um, and then I believe that some of them are there, as we say, for a season. So we had a reason there or a shorter time and then a season, um, and they will be there for a longer period of our life, um, going through maybe a larger uh, life change with us. And um, that some of them are there for those longer term um, intimate commitments. Um, but all of these people, all of these souls are equally soulmates in my view, whether they're there only for a brief moment in a lifetime or whether they're actually there for the, uh, the vast majority of this lifetime. They're still soulmates. Um, and for me, that means that I'm not continuously looking what I'm for, for that particular one person or those particular people, it means that I try and make myself continuously open to the people that I meet and to be uh, in the present as much as I possibly can and to be as aware as I can so that I don't miss the possibility of those connections so that I'm able to enter into those relationships and grab those connections um, and share those um, relationships for as long as they are to be um, present in my life. And the other part of that for me is that I work very hard to be present in as many areas as I can. And I find that for many people, myself included, this can be a very difficult lesson um, in my uh, training for in my psychology training and my therapy training. Um, I learned very well how to be present with clients and stay present in the moment instead of thinking about other things, thinking into the future, worrying about what I'm going to say next or do next or thinking into the past. Uh, and it's one of the skills that I work with clients um, a lot to learn uh, because it's a really valuable skill that the ability to be mindful and to be present in each and every moment 
Um, but even with all of that training, when it comes to my personal life, I too have to practice in order to be able to remain present. Um, part of that is because we, we're just not a culture, certainly in Western culture, that values being present. We're constantly being pushed to think backwards and pushed to think forwards. And we don't place a, a large value on the here and now. In fact, oftentimes people are told that they're being frivolous if they're, if they're focusing on the here and now and, and that they're not being uh, grown up because they're not focused into what will happen in the future and what they need to do. Um, I actually feel that that is decidedly untrue. And in fact, it takes somebody who is quite grown up to be able to let all those anxieties and worries go and to get out of their heads and to really be able to sit fully in the present and experience the present um, with all the joy that it probably contains for most people with all the joy that it will contain and also uh, with gratitude for all that you are, all that you have right now in this present moment. So I hope that's a uh, helpful response, Jennifer, and I'm looking forward to hearing what else you have to say. Um, so please do write to me again in response to my answer to your question. So today we talked about two of the biggest myths that there are, which is the idea that someday my prince or princess would come and they would be the person that would complete me. And then, I, and then I would live happily ever after. I remind you this idea that someday someone else would come and complete me, gives them all of the agency and I'm sitting there being passive waiting for them to cause all these positive effects. Um, and that actually that creates a relationship that's dependent or codependent, neither of which is helpful. But what we really want is to be whole people looking to meet that person or those people who we can share this journey with as a whole person. So my prince or my princess is another whole person that has agency and is willing to share the journey with me. And the second part of the myth is the happily ever after part of the myth. And I would remind you again that there is no such thing as stasis. And that means that um, if you want to continue to live happily, that you need to work at living happily. And in fact, it might be a better idea to focus on joy and to be living, moving in the present with joy. If any of this triggered you, please do get in touch with me at drbisbee at the-intimacy-coach.com. That's D-R-B-I-S-B-E-Y at the-intimacy-coach.com. And write to me with suggestions for the show or any questions you want answered. Thank you for joining me for Sex Spoken here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram where I am at Dr. Bisbee and also follow me on Facebook. Check out my YouTube channel, um, and I still have a channel on Binge Networks. You can check that out as well. If you'd like a free 30-minute strategy session with me, go to https colon forward slash forward slash the-intimacy-coach.com and click on the button that says click here on the contact page. That will take you directly to my schedule. Please leave a review for me on iTunes and Stitcher if you enjoy the show, and I look forward to seeing you all next week. Thank you again for listening. 
Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to Sex Spoken Here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes or on Stitcher. And make sure you head over to www.the-intimacy-coach.com to subscribe for free newsletter updates to help you create and sustain an exciting trouble-free sexual life. Stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes on all topics, sexy, sensual, and intimate. Thanks for listening.